Let me begin this evening just by letting all of you know what a great joy it is for me to gather here in Corvallis for this wonderful celebration today. I mean, it would be wonderful enough just to be able to be here and, and celebrate the Holy Mass together, which is the source and summit of our life as, as Catholics. But on this occasion, it's especially joyful as the local campus ministry here at OSU celebrates, it's hard to believe, a hundred years of ministering in the name of Christ on this campus in the name of the church. A hundred years. That's amazing. When I learned that, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. it. It's been that long that this ministry has been going on here. That's older than many, many, many of the parishes in our archdiocese. And so it, it's a great congratulations to all of you and especially gratitude for those who have gone before us and upon whose shoulders we stand, so to speak. Now, I have to confess, I always get a little bit confused. Now, is this the duck or the beaver place? <laughs> you know, when I came to Oregon to be your archbishop, I saw before I got here, of course, I was reading what everybody was saying about me on the blogs. And uh, I kept seeing people say, you know, well, the real question is, are you going to be a duck or a beaver? You know, because I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, so I, you know, I, I managed to dodge the question, you know, are you a duck or a beaver? Uh, and, and I was getting to the point where I didn't know how much longer I could dodge it. Well, then something wonderful happened. The University of Portland gave me an honorary doctorate. <laughs> so now when I'm asked, am I a duck or a beaver? I just say, I'm sorry, I'm a pilot. Anyway, it's, it's good to be with all of you. Maybe I should get a duck and a beaver bumper sticker, I don't know. Listen, we have in the gospel today, you know, we're celebrating this mass during this glorious Easter season. You know, the world put away Easter, you know, a long time ago, but we will celebrate the great feast of Easter for seven weeks. We can't contain the joy of Easter Sunday to one day we have to celebrate it for a full seven weeks. And it is a glorious celebration of the Lord's resurrection. And I, I think that the gospel tonight gives us something very profound to reflect on. Because really, the very reason we're here 2,000 years after the time of Christ the reason why the Newman Center, the campus ministry here at OSU, is celebrating 100 years is a single reason. There's only one reason why, why we are still here and why this ministry is still here. And that is because Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. Plain and simple, brothers and sisters. That's why we're here tonight, or at any Sunday Mass, or at any daily Mass. It is because Jesus Christ truly rose from the dead. There's no other reason. There's no human explanation why 2,000 years later the church is still here. It's a divine reason 
why we are still here. And it's because Jesus rose from the dead. How do we know that? Quite honestly, I think the fact that we're still here is is evidence enough. But let's go back a little bit. The reason we know that Jesus truly rose from the dead is because of the witness of the apostles who saw him risen from the dead in the body. And that really is the point of tonight's gospel. I mean, it's, it's very clear what the evangelist is trying to communicate here. You know, Jesus has appeared to them, and this is right after the event on the road to Emmaus, when the disciples, remember, didn't recognize him at first, but they came to recognize him in the breaking of the bread, in the Eucharist. And now he's standing there with the apostles again, and they're, to use a colloquialism, they're freaked out. It's a ghost. They think in their minds, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. And are they scared? Why are they scared? These are the guys that ran out on them. Remember? Except for the beloved disciple, John the evangelist, they all ran out on him. Peter, Peter, the first pope, Denied even knowing who he was. I tell you, remember the night of the betrayal? I tell you, I do not even know the man. I'd be scared too (laughs) if I abandoned my master and Lord. But he reassures them. He says, why do such thoughts go through your mind? It's not a ghost. Look, look at the nail prints in my hands, look at my feet. Does a ghost have flesh? It's really me. And you get kind of get the sense in the gospel that the look in the apostles' faces was still, no, we're not quite convinced. So what does he do? Have you got something to eat? He wasn't hungry. He was trying to show he ate it in their presence. A ghost doesn't eat fish. All this strong evidence that he had truly risen from the dead. They saw him. They touched him. How do we know that? How do we know they're not just making up a story? How do we know that the body wasn't really just stolen and hidden somewhere? Like the chief priests said, we'll spread that story among everyone. They stole the body. How do we know that it's just not a fable? And again, it's because we're here 2,000 years later. But why are we here 2,000 years later? It's because of the witness of the apostles. They witnessed to the risen Christ. They proclaimed him. And they weren't afraid to be killed rather than deny that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. They would be tortured and killed rather than deny that truth, which they knew because they had seen him and they had touched him. 
Remember who these guys are. You know, these are not the paragons of courage. Remember after Jesus, well, first of all, they all fled, but then they were afraid that they were gonna come for them next and they were always hiding, right? They're hiding out in the upper room. Even on the day of Pentecost, they were hiding. Yes, Jesus had told them something about sending them another advocate, the spirit of truth and all that, but they were still scared, huddled in that upper room, afraid that they were gonna be next, that they were gonna be killed. That's what they were afraid of. They were gonna do to them the same thing they did to Jesus. But then the Holy Spirit came on them. Of course, they had already seen Jesus risen from the dead and he had ascended back to the Father, but he's gone again. Now what do we do? And they were afraid again until the Spirit came. Remember, the Spirit came in a great sound of rushing wind and tongues of fire, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And those men who one minute ago would have been afraid to even whisper out loud the name of Jesus, now go out into the street and boldly proclaim that he is risen from the dead and has become the source of eternal salvation, the forgiveness of sins for all who will believe in him. And we know that this was true because they went to their death professing it rather than deny it. You know, if Jesus was just, you know, another prophet, another great teacher, who rabbi who came and went, was even killed as a criminal, just like so many others before him, his movement would have just died, especially if they started going after and torturing and killing his followers, right? Listen, let's face it. No one goes to torture, imprisonment, death for something they know is a lie, for something they know they've made up, especially after they saw the first guy get tortured and killed and the second guy and the other martyrs, men and women, who had seen Jesus but would die rather than deny him. That's the evidence of the resurrection. That's why we're still here, proclaiming, witnessing to Jesus Christ risen from the dead. You are his witnesses. Your presence, your faithful life as Catholics is a witness to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, the witness the world needs to see. Just like that journey on the road to Emmaus with the two apostles, the two disciples of the Lord, they weren't apostles, two disciples of the Lord. And when Jesus opened for them on the road, the scriptures, just as he did for the rest of the apostles tonight, did you ever notice that? I, maybe this is, you look like a very bright group, so maybe I'm saying the obvious. You ever notice that that whole story of the road to Emmaus is, is the mass? On the road, as Jesus walks with them on the road, what, what does it say? He opened the scriptures to them and explained to them all that referred to him in the scriptures. It was the liturgy of the word. And then they get to the place where they were staying. They invite Jesus in. He sits down at the table with them and listen to the words. He took the bread, blessed it, broke it, 
and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And he instantly vanished from their midst. The liturgy of the Eucharist, the Holy Mass, what we're about to do right now. And I've often thought about that. Well, why did he disappear? Because he's present in the Eucharistic species there in the bread he has just broken. He doesn't need to be there anymore in his physical body. He's there present in the Eucharist for them, just as he is for us now. Gloriously risen, Jesus comes to us now in the gift of himself in the Holy Eucharist. May we be strengthened by this bread from heaven, the true bread which came down from heaven, Jesus Christ, to continue our witness to his resurrection. And for those involved in the Newman Center and campus ministry here, may the Eucharistic presence of Christ strengthen you in your bold witness that you believe and love Jesus Christ, your Savior and Lord.